What would you do if someone offered you day-old Chinese food? If your answer is, I'd eat it, then I guess I'll see you in the emergency room. <laughs> as you're eating Chinese food right now, you're like, oh, better fast forward to that part. And then we travel to Watts, California, to meet a pimp who has a very unusual prostitute. A dog. <laughs> Wait, let me finish it, because that just sounded gross. You're like, why would a pimp prostitute a dog? No, 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 you know, let me finish. A it's not any better. It's really not any better, but a dog with the head of a woman. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Garbiner. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I hope you guys had a really, really fun weekend. We gotta get started with the first story because I'm sure at least one of you is about to eat some leftover food. Doesn't have to be Chinese food. If, if you currently have a mouthful of leftover food, spit it out and wait until we get to the first segment. But first off, let's go ahead and introduce in one of our longtime Patreon supporters and one of the moderators of the Patreon Discord coming into Dead Rabbit Command right now, Mason. Give a big round of applause for Mason. Woo! Shooting off fireworks, shooting off fireworks right where he's walking. He's like, ah, ah. Mason, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. You've been doing such a great job as a mod and just as a listener of the show, a long, long time listener of the show. Mason, we're going to go ahead and make you our pilot, our captain for this episode. If you guys can't support the Patreon, that's fine too. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. I want you right now to walk through wherever you're living. And if you see someone about to eat leftover food, slap it out of their hand and goes, listen to Dead, <laughs> Dead Rabbit Radio told me to do that. Available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Mason, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're going to drive out to a local college campus. I saw this story the other day, and I thought, this is one of those stories I have to do right away. We talked about, like, if you listen to early, early episodes of Dead Rabbit Radio, there's one episode where I did something like this. At the time, it was like episode seven or something like that. I found out that Kix uh, cereal, you know, that little disgusting cereal that parents <laughs> parents trick their kids into eating. It's just a little like corn balls. It had E. coli on it. So I basically had to interrupt my podcasting schedule to very quickly tell you not to eat Kix. Or maybe it was Trix. Maybe. <laughs> maybe it was some other cereal. Maybe it was Life cereal. People were dying eating it. Or maybe just getting sick. I think a couple of people died. But. This is another story like that. Like, as, as the number one science podcast in El Salvador, I have an obligation to get the facts right and to warn you guys about this. And honestly, this story scares me because I do this all the time. March 2021, the New England Journal of Medicine published this report. There was this college student. He's unnamed because it's a medical diary thing. It's like, dear diary, today I treated the grossest patient in the world. But no, uh, they don't give out the names for and this medical stuff. <laughs> Otherwise, no one would go to the doctor for these bizarre things going wrong with their body. We'll get to that too. But let's call this guy John, right? So John, he's 19 years old, and he's staying at this dude's house. Like I think it was like admissions time. It's like college is just getting started, kids. You got your whole life in front of you. 
And John's sitting there on Mark's, that's the name of his roommate, what you call him, Mark. John's sitting on Mark's couch, and it's like, oh, dude, I'm super hungry. Do you have anything in here to eat? And Mark's like, yeah, dude, why don't you go over there? And Mark points. This was not already. This, the description of how he ate the food was not in the doctor's journal. But anyways, the point is, is that Mark's like, yeah, I got some leftover Chinese food. It's like lo mein and then like some veggies and stuff like that. And I don't know, maybe, maybe there was a flat diet Pepsi as well, just sitting there on the table. But I got some leftover Chinese food if you'd like it. Who doesn't like leftover Chinese food? I'd really say who doesn't like leftover food? Like a lot of times I will buy a pizza and I will eat said pizza, but I don't eat all of it, right? In one sitting, I will eat an entire pizza within a day. But usually I eat part of it and I leave the rest just sitting there, like in the cardboard box. And then every so often I'll get up and I'll eat a piece. Um, num, 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 num. Which is fine, right? But you're like, Jason, no, that's super dangerous. Because like I said, I don't eat it in one sitting. It may take me, I don't know, eight hours. My point is, is sometimes I'll let a pizza sit out for like eight hours before I finish it. Sit out, not in the fridge or nothing like that, right? But apparently, <laughs> this is obvious biology, Mr. Number One Science Podcast in El Salvador. That, that's, that's dirty. Bacteria gets on that. I wasn't really aware of that. I wasn't aware, because I've, I've left pizzas out overnight. And I didn't know that this could happen. So this guy was eating this old Chinese... Dale, that's not even that long. He's eating this old Chinese food. And then about 20 hours pass. He's like, oh man, I have the worst headache, John says. Uh, he looks over and Mark is still eating some of this Chinese food. Nom, 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 nom. John's like, dude, I have a terrible headache. He also started to complain of neck stiffness and a stomach ache. Uh, I don't feel good. I don't feel good. I go to the doctor all the time. It's something like I see my doctor probably six times a year. And I didn't know that that's not normal either. <laughs> you go to the doctor all the time because it takes you eight hours to eat a pizza and you leave it outside. Um, I think I know a lot of people don't go to the doctor all the time and I don't understand it. Like get pay your copay and go in when you got weird things going on with your body. I constantly see my doctor. Well, this dude, severe headache, neck stiffness, stomach ache, doesn't go to the doctor. And I can understand that. Then he begins uncontrollably vomiting red brown fluids out of his body. <laughs> he still doesn't go to the doctor. Ooh! Throwing up. At this point, his roommate's throwing up, too. So you figure it must have been something we ate. Then, the roommate just threw up a couple times and was like, Oh, man, I, I'm not eating I'm not eating day-old lo mein anymore. But John here, he's vomiting up red-brown liquids. And then he starts to complain of chest pain. His vision goes blurry. Doesn't go to the doctor. Uh, now I would go to the doctor. Like, chest pain, stuff like that, I'd go to the doctor. I would have been there already. Then, John's skin starts to turn purple. Right? <laughs> he wasn't getting ready for the big game. If this wasn't their college colors, he's painting himself purple. His skin starts to get blotchy and purple. He still doesn't go to the doctor. Chest pain, vomiting, what looks like blood. You're purple. Go to the doctor. You're not supposed to be purple. He waits five hours. 
Five hours before he goes. And here's the thing. Maybe you don't have insurance, right? You go to the doctor. It's a $1,000 medical bill. Yes, you set up payments. But the, the alternative is you become purple. Right? Go to the doctor. So anyways, after five hours, he gets taken to the doctor. He's all purple and stuff like that. And then the doctor, the doctors are probably like, dude, you should have just come here earlier. He was diagnosed with meningococcal purpura, fulmine, and disease. Um, if, if you were able to pronounce that correctly, what that means is that his organs were shutting down. They were going into shock. And he was getting gangrene across points of his body. His liver had given out. His blood started clotting. He ended up, he's sitting there in the hospital, and they're like, listen, we got bad news for you. <laughs> we have terrible news for you. Bad news is we're going to have to put a pacemaker in because your heart is just beating uncontrollably. The worst news is um, we're going to have to take off parts of each of your fingers, and we're taking off both of your legs below the knee. And all of this happened because he ate day-old Chinese food. Apparently, you're not supposed to do that. If you eat day-old food, bacteria's on it. And they get into, the little bacterias get into you, and then they're like, let's wreck this place. They have little crowbars, and they're beating up your blood cells, and the white blood cells can't compete. And they make you purple. How is this not more common news? Like, I'm shocked that this is possible if you eat... Like, Jason, again, this is common sense. Don't eat old food. Apparently, if you have food that's been left out overnight, you're supposed to cook it so it's 165 degrees, and that kills all the bacteria. They're like, no, I don't have a meat thermometer. Actually, I had one, and it didn't work. Because for a while there, I was trying to bake chicken, and no matter how much I cooked the chicken, it never got hot enough. It never got to where it was in the safety range. <laughs> I did eat. I ate all the chicken. I did this for weeks and months. I ate the chicken anyways. I was like, well, the food thermometer <laughs> should be 165 degrees, but this food thermometer is clearly broken because this chicken is well-cooked and super dry. It has to be this degree. And I ate it, and I never got sick, right? But yeah, I, I so I threw the meat thermometer away. So now I just cook, and I look into it, and I go, it's not pink anymore, and then I eat it. So, I don't know if I'm just lucky. I don't know if I have an amazing immune system. I guess this guy was supposed to have some um, shots, some meningitis inoculations for college, and he only got the first shot. He didn't get, like, the second one and the booster the, with this meningitis thing. So, I guess the moral of the story, the lesson that I learned that you may have already known is that if you have leftover food, you're supposed to, one... Well, Jason one has an adult who prepares his own food. You should have a meat thermometer or a food thermometer or something. But like, yeah, if I'm putting pizza in the microwave to cook it, I'm supposed to cook it to 165 degrees if it's a day old. And where would I put the meat thermometer into the pizza, right? Into the dough, into the cheese? I don't know. I just will assume that I'm going to just eat leftovers and maybe just cook them a bit, right? But apparently this can, it's almost killed the dude. If he had waited a little bit longer, if he's like, I want to see how this purple thing turns out, he'd be dead. He'd be dead. Horrible story. Do you know you're also not supposed to eat slugs? There was a story. Did I cover that on the show? There was the guy who was like, dude, I bet you I can eat that slug. I did cover that on the show. I did cover that on the show. Where the guy ate the slug, and then 
the slug had so many germs in it, it broke his brain. Like, he ate the slug, and then, like, the next day, he's like, oh, I feel super sick. And then, like, the day after that, he was in a wheelchair. And then he couldn't talk anymore. It actually might have taken more than two days, but the point, that story scared me. I, I mean, it's not like I was going around eating slugs or nothing like that, but it just shows, like, if you don't know, if you don't. If you're not aware that if you eat a slug, it can actually break your brain. Like, it was a horrible story. I read about it because he died. Like, he lived to be like, it was like 15, 20 years after he ate the slug. And there's just photos of him in this wheelchair. And his family was like, oh, he was never the same after he ate that slug. And all of his friends are like, oh, we wish we hadn't bet him to eat that slug. I don't even think it was a bet. I think he just said, watch, I can eat that slug. I don't eat slugs personally, but I would, didn't know that. I didn't know that if you eat a slug, there's a chance you will end up in a wheelchair. And I definitely didn't know that if you didn't properly cook your food, you might lose your legs and your fingers or die. So I wanted to make sure that you knew that. You're like, Jason, yes, yes. We all knew that. We all knew that. You were the only person, you and this poor guy in college were the only person who didn't think... You needed to cook food <laughs> before you ate it. But just in case you didn't, you learned it on Dead Rabbit Radio. Also, go to the doctor. Go to the doctor. That's always my advice. Go to the doctor. If something is wrong with your body, if you are vomiting fluids that do not look like the fluids you ate, I often throw up chicken noodle soup because I'm eating chicken noodle soup. Or I've just eaten a bunch of Del Taco. But if I eat a bunch of Del Taco and I've been vomiting up McRibs, I've been vomiting up food I hadn't eaten in years, I'm going to the doctor. That means something is really, really wrong. Mason, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind this college campus. The guy will be fine, right? I mean, you can have a filling life with uh, no legs and fingers, but, you know, it just it does make things more difficult. Mason, go ahead. We're going to toss you the keys to the Carpenter Copter. We're leaving behind this college campus. We are headed all the way out. To Watts. <laughs> As Mason's flying the carbon copter, you see me in the back of me. I'm eating some Chinese food. You're like, Jason, did you get that? Did you get that from their dorm room? I, I microwaved it though, so it is legit. It is <laughs> it's from the year 2021, but I cooked it. Let's go back to the year 1961. And this is one of these stories that. It's so into Let's just get into this. The year is 1961, and we have, even though we don't have a specific date, we have a neighborhood. We're headed to Watts, California. Specifically, this story starts on East 103rd Street and Grape Street. Now, Grape Street is well-known. It's the most delicious street in California. It's also known there was the Grape Street Crips, apparently. I don't know if they still exist. <laughs> I always thought it was very, very interesting that you could have that. These guys were actually quite feared. So I'm kind of, I'm kind of hoping they don't exist because they might come and kill me. The Grape Street Crips. That's not an intimidating. That's not an intimidating name at all. I imagine you like a bunch of Veruca salts like rolling down the street. Grape Street. Grape Street. It's delicious, and you know, but I think you're like super squishy and stuff. In Sacramento, we had a gang. They were on Creek Street or in this neighborhood that had a big creek, and they would always come into house parties and stuff like that. You'd be there, you'd be dancing or whatever, getting drunk, and these three or four dudes would crash the party, and they'd go, Creek Mob! 
Creek mob, and they'd be throwing up signs and stuff like that, and you would turn around and being like, you guys are buffoons. You would never say that these guys were brutal. You would never say that to their face, right? They would shoot you. The, I think they have clocked up. I, again, I don't know if these guys are around anymore either, but you'd be at a house party somewhere out in North Highlands. Creek mob, creek mob, and these dudes would come in, and you're like, uh, you, would leave, you would leave the house, right? You would not want to be around where these dudes were. But as you were leaving the house and you're getting in your car, you're like, that is such a dumb name. You think it's a bunch of like Tom Sawyer dudes walking around and like over and their pants are all rolled up. Creeks are not scary. Grapes are not scary. I never understood. I mean, again, it's the gang. Like, I understand why they have that. That's where they live. As, as they're coming to kill me right now, I might as well make my peace with them. But I get why they chose that name. But it's, it's, it's a goofy name, right? Anyways. East, as I've now signed my own death warrant, as I've made fun of two. These guys are actually quite brutal. The uh, Grape Street Crips and Creek Mob was not people that you want to publicly make fun of on a podcast. But anyways, Grape Street and East 103rd Street in Watts, California. It's 3.15 in the afternoon. And the citizens of Watts see in broad daylight... Something that should not be seen. I gave it away in the intro. It is a dog with the head of a woman walking down the street. Now, some accounts say it's just the face of a woman. That's not any less distressing. Then I'm imagining like a Doberman pincher. Remember those old Snoop Dogg videos where Snoop Dogg would morph into the dog? <laughs> we used that 1993 morphing technology. Snoop Doggy. And he would turn into the Rottweiler, the Doberman Pinscher, or whatever it was. I kind of imagine that like mid-frame, like if you hit pause on MTV or the box when you're watching it. But anyways, it's distressing either way. There's a dog with clearly a woman's face on it. Now, it's not a dog with a smashed face. It's a dog with the face or head of a woman. I imagine like the head would have like long flowing hair. But you can imagine this abomination however you want. This dog is walking down the street with the head of a woman. I'm just going to keep saying that. Head of a woman. Just because it's a funnier visual. But anyways, you have this dog running down the street. It's not normal. And this was cited for hours. People are calling each other up. Hey, go outside right now. Look. You're going to see something absolutely disturbing. And people are like, I don't want to go outside. That's a horrible way. I haven't talked to you in months. So that's what you want me to do? You walk outside, you'll see a dog with the head of a woman walking down the street. What This is interesting because that is kind of all the information that was out there. I didn't know this. This was a popular cryptid sighting in 1961, Watts. And when you look up the dog-faced woman of Watts, you'll find pretty much that information. But there's an intrepid researcher who's actually done more work on this. And what's funny is I have called I I've called this guy out a lot for the murder of a Nevada of a Nevada state trooper. He's possibly a man who killed a police officer in the line of duty or in his mind he killed a member of the men in black. We don't know if the story's made up or if he has murdered a man whose bleached bones are out there right now. We don't know. But Kevin Whiskey Kevin Whiskey was a guy we've profiled twice. Once when he fought a man in black. And then the second time, oh, he told us what happened during Missing 911. It was a operation to build a new 
society. It's very, very interesting stuff. Like, I went kind of hard on Kevin Whiskey the first episode, but honestly, he's brought us some good stuff. So he's back, and he actually has done more research into the dog woman of Watts. He con- he had a friend who lived there, and he talked to him. And you're like, Jason, isn't this the same guy who you just said, said that he beat up a member of the Men in Black? Like, can we take this guy at face value? Well, let's see. He said that he has... <laughs> that means I don't know. That means I don't know, but this is an interesting story. He says that he knows a guy named Clifton who lives in Watts. And actually lived in Watts back then, apparently. 1961, it seems like it was so long ago, but I guess it really wasn't. It's summertime. It was a Friday. So right there, we already have more details about when this story took place. Clifton said, listen, it was summertime. And it was a Friday. It was 3.15. I remember the day exactly. Because it was the day I saw an Eldrick abomination walking down the street. He goes, I was walking home from work. And I see across the street a mom going, oh my god. And she's like holding her son. And the son's like, oh my my god. And he's like, what is that woman and son freaking out about? And he sees them pointing pointing at something on his side of the street. And he looks up and he sees a dog walking down the street. This dog he described had a messed up face. It didn't look like it was normal. He goes, it actually looked like a a normal dog, but its face looked like an ape's face. Now, this is interesting because this actually lines up more to some sort of disfigured dog. The other stories of the dog face lady or the Jason version where it's a full head of a human on a dog. This dog had some sort of deformed face. Now, again, you're going to see dogs with messed up faces. They tend to be called they tend to be called bulldogs. But he says, not only am I looking at this dog with this messed up face that looks like an ape plastered onto where its normal snout should be. He goes, I felt an unnatural feeling of fear grip me. I knew what I was looking at was not natural. So that's an interesting clue, because unfortunately we've all seen animals with birth defects. We've seen humans with birth defects. But when you look at them, you may go, aw, you know, that that's sad. Or you may go, that's a curious arrangement. But when we talk about unnatural fears, that's something that shouldn't exist. Uh, Yeah, a horse with two heads shouldn't exist. But they do, and when we see it, we go, oh, they probably, you know, either died very shortly, a horse can't have two heads, or, or they're still alive and it's this magnificent beast. One side's eating hay, and the other side is probably eating hay, too, because that's kind of all horses do. The point is, is that when you look at something and you're filled with that unnatural fear, it's because it is, what you're looking at should not exist. So he's looking at this thing, and he crosses the street, and he goes to where the mom and the kid are, and I think they're on, like, the other side of a fence, and if I remember the story correctly, he crawls the crawls over the fence, or, or maybe just opens it up and walks in, and he tells the mom and the kid, he goes, hey, thanks for warning me, like, what is that thing? And they all stood there, and watched as this dog just slowly sauntered down the street. Again, if uh, if you saw a dog with a messed up face, right, but otherwise it was acting normal, would you be like warning people, look out, look out, that dog's super ugly? No. 
But if it was giving you a sense of that thing should not exist, that is not from our reality, it would spark a different thing. And in this version where Clifton is giving more details, he watches the dog walk down the street. (laughs) And some people watched it and they're following it and it gets to a well-known pimp who works in the area and the dog starts talking to the pimp and the pimp's like, hey, what's up, dog? I uh, want to make some money. And the dog's like, yeah, sure. I would love to make some money. I actually don't understand what their conversation was. The The implication was that the dog was either working for the pimp or it was the pimp's dog. But the pimp didn't seem shocked by it at all. He's having a conversation with this dog. And so people start to put two and two together. There's a pimp. And there's this dog with this horribly disgusting face. I don't know how that went to become, it looked like a lady. Like, they were like, oh, this thing's horrible. And then some guy's like, hey, that kind of looks like my wife. Lady-faced dog or disfigured dog is hanging out with this local pimp. And people find this whole thing, or this whole arrangement kind of spooky. So now it's not just a lady-faced dog. It's a dog that can hold a conversation. And the one person it talks to is a pimp. So people overhear this pimp talking to him. Now that I'm thinking about this, who witnessed this, right? They're like, hey, man, let me hit that doobie. And he's dropping on this conversation between a pimp and a dog. Like, we don't know who actually witnessed this part of the story. But apparently, the pimp had a conversation with the lady-faced dog. People thought that was weird, right? And then shortly afterwards, not a matter of days, it was like 10 minutes later, matter of days or weeks pass. The dog is no longer seen. It was only seen on that day. The pimp is stabbed to death. So the implications are kind of like this. The dog knew the pimp. The pimp knew the dog. Was the dog some sort of demon that was summoned by the pimp? To get like extra prostitutes or something. That he's like, I'll sell my soul for three more skinks. And this was the dog coming to deliver on that. He's like, You weren't specific. So I'm one of your skinks. This could have been some sort of escapee from a government lab underneath the streets of Watts. That is one of Kevin Whiskey's theories. Now he says that he's a super soldier. And he believes that this, <laughs> you can almost hear my eyes roll in my head. As much as I love the dog-faced lady story, the lady-faced dog story, I keep getting mixed up. Now we got to go back to the super soldier stuff. So anyways, Kevin Whiskey says that underneath the city of Watts, there may be a secret government labs. And this dog got loose, right? And went to go talk to the pimp, right? It's like, finally, I'm free. Now I want to go have sex for money. And it goes and he talks to this pimp. It's possible, which here, I'll say this, right? I can guarantee you, like, in the criminal underworld, right, where you have pimps and you have, like, drug dealers and stuff like that, I would say, I don't want to get shot in the face over this, but I would say maybe one out of ten of them, and it might actually, that actually might be lowballing it, have connections to government agencies. So it would actually make sense. If you escaped from a laboratory to go talk to a pimp, okay, maybe it doesn't make sense when you say it like that. But if you were a gov- if you were a- worked for the government, if you're on a clandestine mission, you're CIA or you're from doing running some sort of spy operation, you're not going to have assets. You might, but you- your assets are a lot of times going to be the underclass, right? So it would kind of make sense that a pimp would know about whether or not there's an underground laboratory. 
I'm trying to make as much sense of this as I can. And I keep saying absolutely insane things. The dog escaped from an underground laboratory and knew that the pimp could help it out. That's possibility one. Two, possibility two, is that this was some sort of demonic force sent to curse the pimp. Because the pimp died so closely afterwards. Kevin Whiskey thinks that it might have been a voodoo revenge spell. Specifically, that was his example. And it was making its way through the city of Watts to get to him and to pass on that curse. But here's the problem with that. Getting stabbed to death and being a pimp, that's not an unusual ending for a criminal career. Like, if the president of Budapest got stabbed to death, you might want to look into voodoo revenge spells. You might want to, like, if just one day someone went into his locked room and they finally were able to get in and he was horribly stabbed to death, that would be unusual. But a pimp getting stabbed to death, they're like, that's weird. Four gangbangers killed in a drive-by. It must be supernatural. Like, there are unfortunate side effects to being in the criminal industry. One of them is dying violently. So the ideas are escape lab, uh, voodoo revenge spell, possible demonic. Like, the fact that it was causing this unnatural fear in people. But I have another conspiracy theory. We're going to wrap it up like this. I'm curious about this. How much money would you pay to have sex with a cryptid? Like, if there was a pimp that could take you to a bordello, and you walk, you're walking around, and you can, like, look into each room, and there's, like, in one room, there's, like, a sexy chupacabra. <laughs> okay, let's back up here. Would it even have to be sexy? Like, imagine you could pay $10,000. Okay. <laughs> I know everyone's already shut off the podcast. <laughs> there is no one listening to this part. They're like, nope, nope, I'm going to come back tomorrow. I can't wait to see the algorithm. I can actually see when people stop listening to the podcast. It's just going to bottle out right there. It's just going to hit the bottom. Imagine if you could pay money to have sex with like a chupacabra or a reptilian or like, dude, like if you and your friend, think about it, it's, it's bachelor night and you can get some money together and pay some stripper to come out or... <laughs> Or you and your friends could gangbang the Loch Ness Monster. What would you do? What would you do? I'm not saying I would have sex with any of these cryptids. <laughs> Just for legal reasons. Just for legal reasons if I ever get caught trespassing in the middle of nowhere. No one can say, I think he was on the land to try to find, to find, <laughs> find three-legged lady. And have sex with her. I wouldn't personally pay money to have sex with a cryptid. But I bet you if someone could figure out a way to catch these guys, you could do two things or three things. You could do a lot of things. But let's say you captured Bigfoot. You could train him to be in the military. You could put him in a circus sideshow. Or you could pimp him out. And you would you could pimp out cryptids. Maybe that's the, the reason why we can't. That's the reason why we can never find them, because some pimp has already caught all of them and has this giant bordello. You gotta admit, you gotta admit, you would be curious. So if cryptids exist, there has to be, there has to be, scientifically, there has to be somebody, at some point, someone has tried to pimp out these cryptids. So you imagine there is somewhere, I'm not saying it's a, I'm not saying it's a franchise, I'm not saying that they have these places everywhere in the world, but you figure at some point someone must have built a bordello, right? And you got like all these cryptids in there. And you, of course, because you're a big old pervert, I'm putting it on you, not me. 
you go to this bordello and you're like looking in and you're like looking through the doors and you're like, oh, dude, there's that uh, dolphin man from Peru, but I'm good. And then you walk to the next door and you're like, oh, dude, elves do exist. But I'm fine. I don't want never wanted to bang one. I just want them to make presents for me. And you keep going through this bordello and then you see, come on, man, you know which one you want to bang? Bigfoot. Like, that's the most popular one, right? Big, giant, hairy dude walking around. <laughs> what's more sexy than that, right? What's more sexy than a guy that doesn't exist? And here's the thing. You got your money ready. You are ready to get down and dirty with Bigfoot. But then you realize something. It's not about sex anymore. It's not about sex for money, this commercial exchange. You're actually, you're actually starting to fall for the mysterious man who disappears in the woods. This isn't just about sex. I think you're falling in love. Sexy Sasquatch walking down the street. Sexy Sasquatch, I got a fetish for feet. Sexy Sasquatch, they don't believe me. They think you're fake. The way you don't show up on tape. Blurry. Sexy Sasquatch, the world doesn't know. Sexy Sasquatch, I want to suck your toes. Sexy Sasquatch, entire body is covered in hair. But do you shave down there? You're like, please let this end. Uh, Not yet. Sexy Sasquatch, stay with me. A sexy Sasquatch, you sexy beast. Let me feast on your toe jam yeast. Oh, please. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash DeadRabbitRadio. TikTok is at DeadRabbitRadio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys.